The UN Secretary General blames the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel occupation? Is that even true? Is it true that Rome wants to return Second Temple vessels to Israel? And Russia says that the U.S. will not be at the center of a new world order, which is very prophetic. Well, we're going to analyze these events from a prophetic perspective on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Oh, my goodness. You know, I know the UN, the UN is the seat of world government in the earth today. Totally socialistic, have so many agendas, propagandas, lies, deceit that comes out of there. Totally anti-Semitic, anti-Israel. But for the UN Secretary General to come out and say that the Hamas attacks on Israel, the worst terrorist attack Israel has ever experienced in their history, that the Hamas attacks did not happen just because of a, of a vacuum, but it was after Israel's occupation, that, in other words, blaming it on Israel? You've got to be kidding me. Well, we're going to get deep off into that, but first a word from one of our sponsors, First Cup Coffee. As you can imagine, we're essentially working around the clock to keep up with the war in Israel and many different prophetic fulfillments. And we're certainly energized and motivated by our God-given purpose. And First Cup Coffee, they're not a woke company. I don't like supporting woke, woke companies. And First Cup Coffee, they haven't tried to rewrite our history books and lobbied to defund our military, which a lot of companies are doing. But they are a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas. It's really cool because they've got 11 different roasts, and each one is named after a specific piece of American history. So, help them support End Time. Go buy some coffee. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get your 10% off today. Now, let's get off into this UN Secretary General stuff because it's pure craziness. UN Secretary uh, General Antonio Guterres. He is a socialist up to his eyeballs. He's accusing Israel of war crimes. He demands a ceasefire and he blames Israel for the Hamas massacre. Think about that. What happened the other day while I was in Israel and they breached the fence down there in Gaza. They came through in jeeps and motorcycles and they flew over the wall in these gyrocopters and they were coming by uh, the Mediterranean Sea in these big rubber boats. A total terrorist attack sponsored by the nation of Iran. And uh, the current Secretary General said that it was a Israel's fault? Really? 
UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, he accused Israel of violating international law and in its retaliation against the Hamas terrorist organization down in the Gaza Strip, and he called for an immediate truce, a truce, mind you, with a terrorist organization, a truce that would leave the terrorist organization in power down in Gaza after it massacred over 1,400 Israelis in the worst mass killing of Jews since the Holocaust, everybody. He said this, and I'm quoting, I'm deeply concerned about the clear violations of international humanitarian law that we are witnessing down in Gaza. He said, let me be clear, no party to an armed conflict is above international humanitarian law. Guterres said that during a uh, Security Council meeting on the Gaza conflict. He says this, and I'm con he continues, I have condemned unequivocally the horrifying and unprecedented October 7th act of terror by Hamas in Israel. But he also said, nothing can justify the deliberate killing, injury, and kidnapping of civilians or the launching of rockets against civilian targets. All hostages must be treated humanely and released immediately without conditions. Okay, I agree with that. But he goes on to state, and this is the crazy part, he stated that it is important to also recognize the attack by Hamas did not just happen in a vacuum. It didn't just happen because of, for no reason, he says. The Palestinian people have been subjected, he says, to 56 years of suffocating occupation by the Israelis. Now that is an absolute fake news false statement. They, uh, he, he goes on to say they have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence, their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished, and their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. Now, of course, Israel's ambassador to the United Nations and many other people are calling for his resignation right now. Because talk about an anti-Semitic comment. In other words, almost justifying what Hamas did. Even though he condemned it, he turns right around and he says, but that didn't just happen for no reason. They've been putting up with 56 years of Israel's occupation there. Now, when I look at this from a prophetic perspective, number one, the Bible tells us that the world government and the Antichrist will absolutely be against Israel. You say, well, how in the world do you know that? Well, it's very easy. The Antichrist and his world governing armies are going to come against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation 16, 12 through 16. The Bible says, The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. The water thereof was dried up to make way for the kings of the east that they might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, so this, the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. These are demonic spirits, everybody. The Bible says in verse 14, they are spirits of devils working miracles. The devil has always been against Israel, and the Antichrist will be against Israel. These are devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth, of the whole world, to gather these nations to battle of that great day of God Almighty. Then verse 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And then verse 16 says, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So you have a world government, 
led by the Antichrist that will come down against Israel to get Israel to give up Jerusalem, which was given to them by God. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But it's this world government that will be totally anti-Semitic. And we can see precursors to that right now. Antonio Guterres is actually saying it was Israel's fault because of their occupation. And that's why they rose up and did that. And the ambassador to Israel said, Antonio Guterres, Antonio Guterres is sitting right there and he said, what world are you living in? It's not this world because you're, in other words, you're out of your mind. So, wow. We'll have some more thoughts on that in just a second. Let me talk to you real quick when we're talking about world government about Birch Gold. These world government enthusiasts, they're always wanting to impose these digital currencies globally, digital IDs on their respective populations. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze and seize your bank accounts. You've seen that maybe up in Canada. But in, they want, in, in essence, it, it's going to enable the government to take more control over your finances. And there are concerned Americans that really are looking to diversify their assets into physical gold. And many of them are using Birch Gold Group to do that. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement, <coughs> go to birchgold.com slash end time to get your free info kit on gold. If, if you don't have anywhere to start, this is a good place. If you have maybe an IRA or a 401k that from a previous employer that's just been sitting there for years and years and years doing nothing, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash end time and claim your free kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all of us, you may want to wish you had some gold to fall back on, right? And it's one of the ways that you can do it. Gold, silver, many different things. Birch Gold is a reliable um, company that you can look to uh, to do that. So go to, go to that and uh, birchgold.com slash end time and get your free kit on that today. Now, another thought on this Antonio Guterres situation is that he said because Israel, that the Palestinians have suffered... 56 years of Israel's occupation of the land. Here's the truth. And you're going to hear this from a lot of people. Antonio Guterres spin on it. The international community sees Israel as occupying the land. They're not occupying the land. It's disputed land. That is Israel's land, everybody. For 4,000 years, it has been Israel's land. In Genesis 15, 18, when God promised Abram, before his name was changed to Abraham, Abram, I will give you this land. He was in the promised land at that point. I will give you this land from the, great, from the river in Egypt all the way up to the great river Euphrates, all the way up into Syria. I'm going to give you this land. I'm making a covenant with you, and I'm going to give it to you, your lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob forever. That has never, that covenant has never been broken. Yes, Israel has, because of their backslidden state, been exiled from the land, but God would always bring them back into the land that God promised them. This is extremely important that you understand this because you're going to hear false narratives in the news 
from many sources around the world that Israel is occupying the land. They're there illegally in the eyes of the international community. They're violating international law. But God's law supersedes any law of mankind or international law. You understand that, right? God said, Abram, I will give you that land. And when he said that, that was it. And so that, I don't, it doesn't matter, international law, irrelevant. That is Israel's land. They have been, they were exiled after the second temple era and Israel was destroyed, or Jerusalem was destroyed in the temple in 70 AD by the Roman general Titus. Yes, they were exiled from that land. But God, in Ezekiel 37, God told Ezekiel to the boneyard, prophesied this boneyard, Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? Ezekiel said, I don't know. They're pretty dry. And God said, prophesy to these bones, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel prophesied to him, and he started hearing all these sounds of bones clicking together, ankle bones and leg bones and hip bones and ribs and skulls and arms, and they all started coming back together, and then sinew come on the, the, the uh, tendons started forming, sinew, muscle, skin, internal organs, and they started coming up as people, and God said, Ezekiel, this is the whole house of Israel that I'm going to bring back into their land, the land that I have given them, and it will be theirs. It's an everlasting promise forevermore. It's a prophecy of the gathering back to the gather of the nation of Israel, I believe after the Holocaust, that Ezekiel actually was seeing a vision of all of the bones. If you've ever been to a Holocaust museum and seen all the horrific bodies that were being burnt or being uh, bulldozed, it, it, it's, it's a total ungodly demonic sight. But we have believed for years and years now that, that that's what Ezekiel was seeing, but God was saying, after that, I'm going to bring them up into their land. Well, that's happened. May 14, 1948, Israel declares independence after the British mandate, and they move in and they, they declare independence. And the next day, they fought for the War of Independence. They, many nations invaded them, and they fought. And when the War of Independence was over, and there was a, the Green Line, or the, um, they, uh, the, the War for Independence ended, Israel had conquered more land than was given to them in the partition plan by the United Nations, and it stayed that way until 1967 when Gamal Abdel Nasser of Egypt invaded again. He got Jordan to come in, many nations come in, and Israel in 1967 defeated them in the Six Days War, and he, they drove Jordan out of the uh, East Jerusalem and out of the West Bank over to the current Jordan borders. Israeli-Jordan borders, and because Jordan had illegally occupied that territory. And so Israel was coming back into their homeland that they had been driven out of, but it was theirs to begin with. They're not occupying. It's disputed territory. But because the leader of the United Nations, Secretary General Antonio Guterres, says, well, they're illegally occupying out in the eyes of international law. International law means zip compared to God. We're going to go with the Bible every time, guys. And in God's eyes, that's their land. It doesn't matter what Antonio Guterres or the international law says. So, I'm sticking with the Bible. That's Israel's territory. Well, now Antonio Guterres come out and said, hey, 
Maybe Hamas may have been justified in what they did because the, the Palestinians have been suffering uh, the occupation for the last 56 years. Come on, everybody. Don't go by the fake news false narrative of what's going on in your news today. The Israelis in the UN Security, uh, the, U the United Nations meetings today were beside themselves, and they should be, because that's Israel's land. Gaza is Israel's land. Much of northern Egypt, the, think of it, from the Great River in Egypt, much of the Sinai Peninsula, that's all Israel's. In God's eyes, all, much of Syria, all the way up to the river Euphrates, is Israel's in God's eyes. But yet, in the eyes of Satan's international community, you say, Satan's international community, the Bible says that the dragon gives it its seat, power, and great authority. That's Satan's effort to run the world, folks. And we're watching precursors to the Great Tribulation, to the Battle of Armageddon, many different things to World War III right now. The stage is being set, folks, for World War III. The Great Tribulation and the Battle of Armageddon, and you can see what is going on with um, the United Nations and the mindset of the world to turn against Israel. And I just saw an interview before I came in here with Tucker Carlson and uh, a retired general, I can't remember his name, but he was interviewing him and talking about Israel and sparking a World War III if they go against Iran. And the general said, well, yeah, the United States is going to get involved. Russia's going to get involved. Talk about a, a World War III scenario. And this is what the Bible says is coming. So, man, what's going on with Antonio Guterres, the guy's out of his mind. And, I, you know, you say, well, Dave, you act like you hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. I'd love to teach him a Bible study and try to get him saved. But I'm just telling you what, the, the, the stage is being set for World War III, the Great Tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon. The world, most of the world, not every nation, but most of the world against Israel. Most of the world's nations are going to come against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. The stage is being set for that as we speak. Now, got another article, very important, I want to go through uh, you, but let me talk to you about our final sponsor here because it's something that we, we want to support. They're supporting in time. We want to support them and it's called Ready Pantry. You know, as Americans, we'd like to believe that even in the face of, imagine if we go off into a wartime situation, what the supply chain would do and a lot of different things. And, you know, we need to pray for the best and prepare for the worst, right? And we need to do the best we can. And, you know, what if there was a way that we could have an a, a affordable um, three-month supply of emergency food? Imagine if you had that right now in the face of any kind of catastrophe. Well, it, it, there is a way to do that. And I've actually bought some of the 25-year uh, the shelf food because, you know, it, I, I saw what happened, just, just COVID even. But readypantry.com slash endtime offers an amazing 25-year shelf-stable food and for, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even desserts, not to mention the peace of mind you get by knowing you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything. I mean, a power outage, hurricanes, uh, grid collapses, rolling blackouts, uh, and, and a potential war. The list goes on and on. So Ready Pantry, it's an American-based company. All products are sourced 
right here in America, and you're not going to be disappointed. Many, you know, many long-term food storage companies, they give you this stuff that's been on their warehouse shelves for like 10 years. But Ready Pantry is delivering the freshest products that was packaged within the last couple months. Think about that. And being delivered to your home. So, Ready Pantry offers dis discounts up to 20% off, 3 to 12 month supplies. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime. Use code endtime and save an additional 10% off on your order, plus free shipping on all orders. Stock your pantry, even with a buy now, pay later options. They're available at your checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Pretty good deal, right? And they're helping to support Endtime all along the way so we can get on new networks, reach many more people, and preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God because the end time is now. Now, Israel 365 News. I had a very, very good friend of mine, actually a prayer warrior, who is a partner of End Time Ministries. She prays for us daily. Very, very thankful for her, a great friend of mine. She sent me an article today, and I have seen one article on it. Normally, I would question an article that's just, just one article on this and nothing anywhere else. I, I want to validate stuff. And so I'm giving you this as just food for thought. But it's something you all look into. If you're friends with me on Facebook, the article's there. But you can go to Israel 365 News, and it's a reliable news source. And the topic of the, the title of the article is this, and we've watched this for years and years and years, because I've been to Rome, and I've seen uh, the Roman general Titus's arch. I've stood right there and looked at it, took pictures of all the different carvings on it, and of things that when he would go in and conquer a nation, he would bring the spoils of war back, and on the on Titus's arch is a it, it appears to be like Jewish slaves that are carrying the menorah out of the Second Temple, the Second Temple era. So many people have speculated over the years that the Second Temple, um, the vessels and different things, the implements that were used in the temple, <coughs> excuse me, were taken from the Second Temple and placed somewhere possibly in the Vatican of Rome. Well, listen at this. This is Israel 365 News. The title of the article is that a leading Italian parliamentarian said that Rome wants to return the temple vessels to Israel. Now again, this is a topic of discussion, something we need to look into, but if it's true, wow, oh my goodness. But I want to let you know that I've only found one article on this. So it's something that we need to look into. But I wanted to bring it to your attention because it's something we all are interested in if it's true. Recently at a large gathering in Jerusalem, a leading Italian parliamentarian said to Minister of Tradition that Rome has possession of the Jewish temple's vessels and wants to return them to Israel. Now this is huge, everybody. If this is true, and all of the prophecies are converging at once. The red heifers up in ancient Shiloh, four still viable candidates for a potential um, purification sacrifice in, on Passover next year. 
That's what they're planning. And uh, potentially the kickoff to a World War III, on the heels of that, potentially a, a peace agreement that would allow Israel to build a third temple. I mean, the, everything is just, it's almost like the stars are aligning. And I, I shouldn't say it like that because I'm not looking for the stars to align to do anything. I know the Bible prophecy says this stuff's going to happen, and that's what we're looking for. I shouldn't have said stars aligning because some of you will think, well, Dave's following the stars. I'm not following any stars. That's just the saying, okay? I got to qualify everything here. However, the article goes on to say Rabbi Shmuel Elihu, the chief rabbi of Safed, is the son of Israel's former chief rabbi, Mordecai Elihu, and the father of the current minister of tradition, Amakai Elihu. He recently told a large gathering in Jerusalem that a leading Italian parliamentarian from Italy's ruling party contacted his son, the minister of tradition. The Italian, par the Italian parliamentarian said that Rome was, has possession of the Jewish temple's vessels, the second temple, and wanted to return them to Israel. Now, you, you, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, rabbis, people have for years have called for that, suspecting because of, uh, you know, the Roman general Titus's uh, destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, and many people speculated because of his, his arch outside the, it's like, um, what would it be, west, kind of southwest of the Colosseum. When you walk out of the Colosseum, it's right there, huge and majestic. And there's that carving of the menorah on there. So many people have speculated for years, these guys have the temple vessels, not the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was not in the second temple. But the article continues. According to Rabbi Elihu, the representative of Italy's ruling party, a leading member of the national parliament, recently requested a Zoom meeting with Israel's minister of tradition. In the request for the meeting, he said it was very important to him, absolutely vital. And when they eventually connected, this is what he told Israel's minister of tradition. He said, every day from my office, I see the Arch of Titus. It's hard to miss. It's big and impressive. And I'm quoting now, folks. And everyone can see what's displayed on it. Jewish slaves carrying off the Jewish temple's implements into exile. 2,000 years ago, we defeated you, the, the Romans to the Jews. We destroyed your temple, massacred your people, including crucifixions, and exiled the Jews throughout the world. And I suppose you deserved it. Now, I know we're coming up on a break, so I want to make sure that I might back up and read this whole thing again because you've got to get this statement from this guy who's in the parliament in, in, is in Rome. So when we get back on the other side of the break, I'm going to start from the beginning of this and read you the whole thing again. You've got to hear this, folks, because if this is true, this is revelatory. This is prophecy in the making. So I'll go from the beginning of this guy's statement. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third 
of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And I want to let you know that my wife and I will be in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, this coming weekend, we're traveling up there on Friday. We'll, um, and on Saturday evening, starting at 6 o'clock, we'll be at the Apostolic Center, Mattoon, Illinois, 205 Country Club Road. And I will be speaking Saturday, that's October, what, 28th at 6 p.m. on the Understand the End Time uh, lesson that I've been teaching. You guys certainly will want to be there for that. Sunday morning at 945 We'll be going through some of the breaking prophecy news that's happening, and I mean, it is, we'll just, we'll cram pack Sunday morning full of stuff, and then probably have kind of like a hybrid service. And then, Sunday evening, the pastor has asked me to preach. And so, we'll probably, I may tie a little bit of prophecy in it, and uh, maybe a lot of prophecy, but uh, we're going to have an evangelistic service. It's going to be awesome. And so, we're going to be doing some preaching uh, this coming Sunday evening in Mattoon, Illinois. All the information is at endtime.com. Go to endtime.com. Go to events and then conferences. All the information is there. Maps, phone numbers to get you there. And last time I was there, I'm going to say we probably had five, six, seven hundred people there. It was cram-packed, th three or four hundred visitors. I mean, it was like people came from everywhere. And that church is a big church out in a cornfield, you guys. And people came from Michigan, and Indiana and all over the place to be there. So uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in Matula, Illinois. Now, getting back to this statement here, very important from Israel 365. A, the representative from Italy's ruling party, a leading member of the national parliament, said this, and I'm quoting, listen at this. He said, every day from my office, I see, the, I see Titus's arch. It's hard to miss. It's big and impressive, and everyone can see what's displayed on it. Jewish slaves carrying off the Jewish temple's implements into exile. 2,000 years ago, we defeated you, we destroyed your temple, massacred your people, including crucifixions, and exiled the Jews throughout the world. And I suppose you deserved it. Jewish tradition itself says this. 2,000 years have passed, and since then, you have undergone a deep change. You've returned to the land of Israel, and I suppose you also deserve to return. God promised that you would one day return and that time is now. That's Ezekiel 37 that I mentioned earlier. In this part of Titus's triumphal procession on the Arch of Titus in Rome, the treasures of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem 
are being displayed to the Roman people, hence the menorah. You go look at pictures of it online, it's so cool. So the Israel minister could not believe his ears, but all of this was just a, you know, a promo to revelation that the Italians shared next. So listen at this. He says, we have in Rome the implements of the Jewish temple the golden menorah, and many other temple vessels and tools that we took from Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. He says, with these vessels you brought light into the whole world. They are with us. By keeping them, perhaps we're preventing you from fulfilling your destiny. If so, we will return them to you. If you want them, take them. If you, It, it won't be easy, but if this is what will enable you to fulfill your divine role, then please, they're yours. They are lying in our cellars. We aren't doing anything with them. Now, this admission comes after over a hundred years of denial by the Vatican that it possessed the temple implements. In 2013, for example, the Archbishop Giuseppe Lazzarato of the Apostolic Nunciature in Israel wrote in, in a reply to an Israeli inquirer that the Vatican did not have the temple vessels. And so the rabbi said, I said to myself, is this for real? And he said, apparently it is. So folks, I, I saw this article. It's Israel 365. It appears to be a legitimate article. Maybe the guy talked out of turn. Maybe he knows exactly what he's talking about. I wanted to bring it to you. Now, I'm not trying to sensationalize everything. I'm just telling you that a lot of, all the prophecies are converging at the same time. And what would it be like that if Israel builds her temple in the next few years, that they could use some of the original pieces in the second temple brought back from Rome? Can you imagine the pomp and circumstance? I don't believe they need any of it. I can be born again and saved without ever seeing one of those pieces. Israel doesn't need them. Israel can be born again today, just like the Jews were born again in Acts chapter 2. But the thing is, the Bible says they are going to build. The Bible prophesies. There's not, there's not uh, one-tenth of one percent of a chance they won't build a third temple. They are going to build a third temple on that temple mount. And what if Rome would give them some of the implements back that were used in the second temple. People would worship those vessels. Think about it. And so there will be so much pomp and circumstance and a lot of the world will follow after all this stuff. So think about this. With all of these prophecies converging at the same time, the signing of a peace agreement, is one of the next two events on God's prophetic timeline. One of the characteristics that we will know it will be the peace agreement is that the Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement and Israel will be allowed to build her third temple. This is all very scriptural, it's very prophetic, and it is going to happen. So, imagine all of that. If, if this article is legit, it appears to be, now, the Vatican may still deny today that they have any of them, but this one guy who is in the parliament, again, he is the, 
he is the representative of, uh, one of the representatives of Italy, Israel's ruling party, Israel's Italy's ruling party, a leading member of the national parliament. This was all talked about on a Zoom meeting. Go to Israel 365, check it out for yourself. I promise you I will be putting this in one of my electronic filing cabinets to keep an eye on. If you guys know more about it, let me know. drobbins at endtime.com. So the Temple Institute, they also have all the necessary vessels for the third temple. They have been recreated, even a menorah. But do you think that they wouldn't want to use the original menorah in a, in a third Jewish temple? Israel now has in possession four of their viable red heifer candidates. Now, folks, these are 2,000-year-old prophecies. And all of this stuff is like everything's aligning right up right now. I mean... For these red heifer candidates, I saw 21 red heifer candidates that they had right down here in Rockwall, Texas before they left. I've got pictures of them. And they were only allowed to take five over there as pets. One of them has developed um, a, a blemish, and so they, it's, it's not viable anymore, so they still have viable candidates. Also, and they've been trying to get one of them up to age since Israel became a nation again and haven't been able to. Now they've got four, and they're going to try to do one at Passover next year. Imagine the pomp and circumstance around that. I've been invited to the sacrifice, and I'm going to do everything I can. It'll be crazy if they're at war because we're not going to be able to go, but even if they may not have the sacrifice. I don't know how all this stuff's going to play out, but I know where it's going to end up. They're going to build their third temple, and they're going to resume sacrifices. So I don't know. If we go into a World War III scenario, they'll have to postpone it. I mean, I've also seen Titus's arch. I've been there. I saw the carving of the second temple menorah carved into it. It's very real. And then Israel has also inquired about the second temple vessels many, many times over the last hundred years or so. So do you think it's all a coincidence that all of these events are all happening at the same time? I mean, come on, everybody. This, the prophecies are happening. They're just clipping off one right after another. And many of them are converging at the same time. Think about this. World government, world religion, the precursors leading us to the mark of the beast, all of these different things, the central bank digital currencies, the uh, retinal scans, fingerprints, facial recognition, all these different things, cashless societies, world government, world religion, precursors of the mark of the beast, um, the potential for World War III starting in any moment if we haven't already begun, and the uh, Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement right around the corner, and great end-time revival. All of these things are happening as we speak. And the revival is only going to escalate. And do you think it's a coincidence that all of those, every single one of them, are 2,000 to 2,500-year-old prophecies, and they're all either have all, all the prophecies have either already occurred, they're happening right now, we're watching the ongoing fulfillment of them, or we're watching precursors to every single one of them, folks. Look at the precursors leading up to the Battle of Armageddon with what Gutierrez said about Israel and their occupation in Resolution 2334, which says Israel's occupation of East Jerusalem and the West Bank is illegal in the eyes of the international community. It doesn't matter to them what Hamas did to Israel. Think about that. 
For, for Gutierrez to say this morning, well, that just didn't happen in, in a vacuum. They've been experiencing 56 years of Israeli occupation. In other words, almost justifying it. He condemned it, and then he turned around and pretty much justified it. And Israel, man, you should have seen Israel's United Nations ambassador. I can't pull the name off the top of my head, but he is... He was beside himself. He said, what planet are you living in? What world are you living in? You're not living in this one. And they're calling for his resignation right now. Now, folks, all these prophecies, you know, why are we so, why are, why are we so intense? Why are we so driven to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world? Because I'm not looking for the end time to begin somehow, some way, someday. We're living in the end time right now. I've got to reach my friends, my family, my sphere of influence, people around the world, everybody who listens to us. We've got to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is absolutely nothing I can do to you more important than that or for you. Help you in your spiritual journey. Now, let me get to one more article here. Al Jazeera has said that Russia says that the U.S. will not be at the center of a new world order. This is very, very, very prophetic. The Kremlin backs U.S. President Joe Biden's call for a new world order, but they say that any new system could not revolve around the United States. What are they talking about? Well, after, the, after World War II, the United States was the principal driver behind the efforts towards World government, the New World Order, everything. I know that it was in 89 until they started talking about and coined the term New World Order. But they've been trying to establish a world governing body since actually before World War II. Um, Franklin D. Roosevelt put Novus Ordo Seclorum, New World Order, on our dollar bill back in 1935. Go look at your dollar bill. The ribbon under the pyramid with the all-seeing eye. Novus Ordo Seclorum. New world order, new secular order of the world. So it's been happening for 75 plus years now. The U.S. has been the principal driver and it has been centered around the U.S. Well, Joe Biden is saying, hey, that thing's kind of losing steam. We need to regather the nations and re-energize what's going on. And Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin has said, no, it's not going to be U.S.-centered, and that's exactly the way the Bible says things are going to play out. So, I guess we'll wait till after the end of the break, and I will, uh, I'll go into it a little deeper. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere.
I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. All right, so before the break, I misspoke. I told you that it was Vladimir Putin. The guy's name is Dmitry Peskov that has said this. And so what's happened is Peskov has criticized the, um, Joe Biden's assertion that Washington must be the driving force in a new world order, saying that such an American-centric vision is outdated. The, it's the Kremlin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov. He told reporters on Monday that while he agrees on the new world order for a, he, he agrees on the need for a new world order, he does not believe the United States should be at the helm any new system should be free from the concentration of all mechanisms of world government governance in the hands of one state. Kind of like a European Union situation? Think about that. <laughs> Peskov was responding to a speech that U.S. President Joe Biden delivered on Friday in where he addressed the U.S. engagement in foreign crises from Ukraine and Taiwan to Israel. And during Biden's remarks, he said the world order over the past half century was running out of steam and that America needed to unite the world in a new order to forge peace. Biden said, I think we have a real opportunity to unite the world in a way it hasn't been in a long time and enhance the prospect for peace, not diminishing the prospect for peace. Well, Peskov said, hey, in this part, we disagree with the United States because the United States, no matter what the world order they talk about, they mean an American-centric world order, that is, a world that revolves around the United States. It won't be that way anymore. So there's this deep chasm here. The clash of words reflects a deepening chasm between the two global superpowers, which are bitterly opposed over Russia's war in Ukraine and Moscow's blooming alliances with the likes of our, our arch rivals, the likes of Iran and North Korea. Well, why did I want to bring this article to you today? Because the Bible tells us that the center for world power, which has been with the United States for 75 plus years now, is going to swing over to Europe. Exactly what Peskov is talking about right now, that's, what's going, that's what the Bible says is going to happen, folks. If you look at, the Bible says... Um, Revelation 13, when you look at the federalization of nations, the modern-day nations mentioned in Daniel 7, the Bible says that they had the, the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, 
the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, which is the current European Union. All of that is European-centered world-governing body. It, the United States is not even mentioned there. Powers are going to swing over to the, uh, another way I know that, the, the feet of iron mingled with clay on Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel chapter 2. That's the current Holy Roman Empire, the reborn Holy Roman Empire that will rule the world all the way up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says out of that, in Daniel 7, out of that entity, out of those ten toes of the last ten kings, three of them will be uprooted, one will come up among them, and he's going to be the Antichrist. So the powers, the world governing powers, will be European-centered in the end time, and that will be the power base of the Antichrist, Europe, not the Middle East. Okay? So exactly what Peskov is talking about right now is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. It's not going to be an American-centered uh, world-governing body in the end time. It's going to be a European-centered world-governing body in the end time. And of course, Moscow is in European Russia. Russia, west of the Ural Mountains, is in European Russia. That's why if I had to make a top ten list of uh, Antichrist candidates right now, I've, I've heard rumors lately of that uh, Vladimir Putin is you know, about ready to pass away and things like that. I don't know if any of that's true or not. But if it's not true, I would certainly put him in a top ten list of Antichrist candidates. Because does he look more stout than his fellows? Absolutely. More stout than any of them. And, I mean, imagine him and Emmanuel Macron together. Uh, Vladimir Putin, an ex-KGB -ex head, and Emmanuel Macron, who married his school teacher. I mean, just a, you know, you just look at the dynamic there. One, the, one's look is more stout than his fellows. Come on, you guys. I would certainly put Vladimir Putin way up there. If he passes away, somebody else will come along because there's going to be an Antichrist. But the thing is, all of this is going right along with the prophecies of the Bible. So, what's this end time scenario? What are we talking about? Well, the Bible does foretell a final seven-year period that will immediately precede the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. That is not the great... <coughs> that is not the great tribulation. There is a seven-year period, but the tri great tribulation only lasts the final three and one-half years of that. It, the Bible also describes a specific event that will mark the beginning of the final seven years. That's the reason we call a certain prophesied event the prophecy with a date on it. I will never set a date, but the Bible does. It sets a seven-year timeline. All we have to do is to watch the initial event that marks the beginning of that timeline to then know that only seven years remain until the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. So it's of utmost importance for each of us to understand this final seven-year timeline of events because our generation is undoubtedly going to live during the fulfillment of these events, right? And these, these are fulfillment of prophecy, everybody. All of these events. Daniel 9.27 prophesies the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. And that that agreement is going to be the confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a place in a homeland, in their homeland, which would be the promised land, that goes all the way back to Genesis 15, 18. 
the fulfillment of that prophecy will be the signing of a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. And the prophesied agreement has to do five things. Establish a Palestinian state in, the, in Judea, the West Bank. Allow the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea to live there in the, remain in their homes, living as a Jewish minority. Uh, it's going to place the Temple Mount under an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, allowing Jews and Muslims to worship there. Israel is going to be allowed to build her third temple, and Jerusalem will, or uh, Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way through that final seven-year period. Those are all biblical characteristics of that peace agreement that starts the final seven years. So when you see the prophesied agreement, then you can know assuredly the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. We've always considered that the war would happen first and the peace agreement would happen after that. As of right now, I still hold to that opinion. But it looks like if this, what's going on in the Middle East right now, if this kicks off into a World War III scenario, if it escalates to that point, because we could already be in it, the, the, if the Israeli-Palestinian is the thing that starts the war, then we have World War III. Can you imagine the immense pressure that the international community would put on Israel and the Palestinians to sign a peace agreement on the heels of that? Then we start the final seven-year period. We'll have to see all, all that play out, but I know that those are the events that will happen. So, with that said, at this juncture, we have to interject that a, a war is coming that's going to emanate from the Middle East region. It's going to result in the killing of one-third of the world's population, and that war is called the Sixth Trumpet War. It's found in the, it's the Sixth Trumpet mentioned in Revelation 9, 13 through 18. And that war is going to take place, again, just before or shortly after the peace agreement is signed, probably before. And the Bible does tell us that it takes place at the latest before the uh, the final three and one half years begins, it could conceivably happen at any time if we're not already in the war. So in the aftermath of the Six Trumpet War, uh, you're looking at, if one third of the world's population is going to have been destroyed, you're looking at right now, you know, 2.7 to 2.8 billion people. One out of every three people on the earth. There's going to be a cry for a global organization that's going to prevent war, and it's going to be, the cry will be deafening everybody. The international community is going to adopt a world governing entity to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever taking place again. The nations of the world, they're going to surrender their sovereignty to this new world government so that it can eliminate war completely. Look at the situation that's going on in the world today. That the cry is already happening and the war hasn't even happened yet. But wait till after the war. Well, then we're going to move into a fully functioning world governing body. That world government's going to be the culmination of years of planning that have already been in progress. And it's been, for several years, it's been generally believed that there are two major causes for war on the earth. Conflicts between nations and conflicts between religions. So the solution, it's simple in the minds of the global leaders. Do away with the nation states. Force everyone on the earth to pledge allegiance to, the one, to one single ultimate political authority, a world government. You can see precursors to that right now and abolish all the, um, the doctrinal differences between all of these religious organizations, i.e. the Parliament of World's Religions and all these other things that are going on, interfaith movements, and they're going to coerce church leaders to sign declarations of unity with this single, all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. Folks, that's Bible Prophecy 101. 
The Bible predicts these two entities will be governed by a duo of the most deceitful demonic humans that have ever lived on the face of the planet. And there's going to be an antichrist figure. There's going to be a world religious figure. And they're going to lead the world government all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. After the peace agreement signed during the first three and one half years of that final seven year period, Israel's going to build her third temple. Sacrifices are going to be resumed. Halfway through that final seven year period, the abomination of desolation occurs. The war in heaven occurs. That event where the Antichrist stands on a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaims to be God will, is the catalyst that would launch us into the final three and one half years, which is the great tribulation, Satan's wrath on the earth. That's when the mark of the beast is doled out. That's when the Antichrist takes, usurps authority over a fully functioning world governing body. The false prophet will usurp authority over a fully functioning world governing body. And at the end of that, that seven-year period, that's when the rapture and the second coming occur. That's when the battle of Armageddon occurs. And that's when God will come to establish His kingdom here on the earth for a 1,000-year millennial reign. And at the end of that, the great white throne judgment. And then we go off into eternity with the Lord. Now, those are the main... There are some other things in between there that I didn't get to for the sake of time. But that's the end time scenario. Folks, you can see everything that's happening. Most every major event on the planet is pointing us directly in that, uh, in, in, along that line of events right there. It's precursors, watching all, and it's, they're all being fulfilled right before our very eyes. I'm not looking for the end time to begin someday. We're certainly in the end time right now, and we've got to make sure we're prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually for the times just ahead and for eternity. There's absolutely nothing more important than that in your entire life. Let us help you with that.